Robert, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is your second experience on the podcast, so uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure. Pleasure as always. I think that the, the great thing about talking to you, Robert, is that especially in the current climate, I think a lot of people are more focused on their health now, which is, uh, which is great. And I suppose being healthy off the golf course is going to help people on the golf course as well. And there's maybe a couple of couple of main topics we'd like to talk about today. And then we've got some questions from our private Facebook community as well, really, that we'll see if we can get to. Um, I would love to kick off, really, and talk about the, um, I suppose, the immune system. There's a lot of talk about the immune system at the moment with what's currently going on. And I suppose ways of how we can improve that through our nutrition and, and our exercise and I think for most people out there who are, who are paying a bit more attention, some of the simple things that they can either do with food or with exercise that they can strengthen and improve their immune system, really. Yeah, it's uh, very important, uh, obviously, uh, in this time right now uh, with your immune system. And if you look at a lot of the research and you just type in immune system in, into Google, uh, a lot of the, the gut research pops up. So if you look at a lot of the literature, usually they say about 70% of your immune system is your digestive system. So a lot of times I'll be focusing uh, on the digestive tract uh, for various reasons, but in the context of the immune system, it's definitely something that uh, we definitely need to address. So if someone has outright you know, digestive you know, issues, constipation, diarrhea, abdominal pain, distension, bloating, uh, et cetera, then yeah, it's something that you might need to look into to, to, to resolve that. Um, you know, it's, it's nutrition's part of the immune system. Uh, obviously sleep is a huge factor. Uh, so most people that do not sleep, uh, enough, uh, they will have a compromised immune system. So that's probably one of the under, utilize tools to help with the immune system for recovery, for whether it's golf or, you know, training in the gym, whatever that is. Um, but, you know, I would say one of the best things that people can do in regards to their, their gut and then their immune system is uh, with, with their food is having a diverse amount of um, food within their diet. So when we're talking about that, uh, we're talking about obviously uh, plants and fruits and so forth. So, um, you know, not only is it important because, you know, your mom, your grandmother told you to eat your vegetables. Uh, it's highly important because that is what is sort of the raw fuel uh, that, that is um, for the gut flora within your, your, your gut uh, intestinal tract. Because we all walk around with about three to four pounds of bacteria in our body. It's just whether there's an imbalance that, that tends to occur. And then that's when people have digestive issues. But uh, the, the types of fiber that's found in plant, you know, vegetables and, and fruit, it actually, um, uh, the, the gut floor feed off of that and you get short chain fatty acids from it. And that's one of the, the fuel sources for your gut floor uh, to, to, to feed off of. Um, and and I want to make sure I clarify when I bring up the plant-based, we want you to eat plants, but I also want people to eat protein as well. There's a misconception to believe that animal protein putrefies in your gut and so forth. 
But if you look at the literature and you look really thoroughly, um, I wrote an article on this, is protein bad for your gut um, on the paleodiet.com. But there is uh, plenty of research that shows that your body can produce the short chain fatty acids from fiber, but they can also produce it from your proteins that you eat. Um, so there's a beneficial part to eating plants, but also eating animal protein as well um, for the health of your, of your gut. So mix, So the key thing is really just creating a diverse mix of the proteins and the plants. What sort of, um, you know, I suppose from a vegetables and fruit side of things, is there anything that the guys should be specifically looking at that can really help? Uh, yeah, I, I think um, just to give you an example for, you know, just for let's say breakfast as an example is you can have, you know, uh, a vegetable omelet. So have the, the, the eggs and then put a plenty of veggies in there. Um, if you want a half an avocado, that would be fine. Cause that's a fruit. Um, and it has a decent amount of fiber in there as well. Um, the reason why I'm recommending this type of meal is, and you guys have heard me, uh, talk about, you know, your, your BFF for blood sugar control is PFF. So it's protein, your fats and your fiber. Uh, obviously the, the protein and the fat you're gonna get from your, your protein sources that you eat because it has also fat in it like eggs. Um, but then the fiber source, obviously you're getting it from plant uh, and some fruit if you need to. Um, and the whole idea behind that is that, yes, we're getting the fiber in there, we're getting some of the protein there, but the, the base and foundation we're trying to create is that level blood sugar or slightly rising. So if you decide to go play golf or you want to practice or you're going to go train that we want to keep your blood sugar stable because at the end of the day, uh, it, it indirectly affects your gut health. So if you, if you, if you're sort of like on the roller coaster of blood sugar, so you start your day with just bagels and cereal and jorn juice, which is the most common type of breakfast, right? Well, you're putting yourself on that roller coaster. So as a blood sugar peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys, that in itself is stress to, to your system because your body's going, what the heck's going on? Blood sugar is not stable. Obviously, if that goes to extreme, then someone gets pre-diabetes or goes full-blown diabetic. Um, but the impact of that on your digestive tract is that as your blood sugar drops, uh, a stress hormone called cortisol is produced. And the, it's, it's an exquisitely designed system. So basically the blood sugar drops too low and then cortisol is produced. So it brings the blood sugar back up to normal. So you don't go in a coma and die essentially. Um, but when you do that artificially throughout the whole day, uh, that in itself is a stress to the system. So it's like you're self-inducing the tiger chasing you in the jungle all the time because you're not stabilizing your blood sugar. And research shows that as your stress hormone cortisol goes up, uh, a particular immunoglobulin called SIGA, secretory immunoglobulin A, basically it's a marker for your immune system. That tends to drop down. And then now you're predisposed to getting sick and so forth. So um, it, it's, it's definitely, there's a reason why I recommend PFF, not only for blood sugar control, but in the long run for uh, your gut health as well. So it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, when you think about the immune system, I don't know about you, Pierce, I don't necessarily think straight to the gut. Mm -hmm. I don't think about that. And I don't think many others would even think about that. How many people, how many people do you think, Rob, are sort of walking around there with maybe gut issues that they don't even know about? Do you think there's a lot? 
Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, especially obviously with our audience, right? Like the, the, the male audience, um, you know, a, a lot of the digestive, uh, clients that I receive are 99% uh, female. Uh, and I think it's just clinically working with people over the last 20 plus years is that, um, you know, dudes, they're not into how they feel or assessing, you know, their gut or whichever, um, you know, we don't tend to wear yoga pants all day. Right. But most women wear that type of clothing. So they're very in tune with their body, what's changing, what's not, what's getting worse. Um, and so, um, I feel like a female is very sensitive to that and, uh, a male tend, it tends not to. And so they're sort of, um, kind of like sensory motor amnesia. They're not really in tune with that affecting, uh, their body, but, you know, obviously like excessive belching and farting after all the, all your meals, there's a sign something could be going on, you know, as, as funny as, you know, I think it is when, you know, you're with your buddies or whatever. Um, it could be an issue if it's excessive, obviously everybody has gas belching to a certain degree. Um, but, uh, those are, you know, little signs uh, that pop up and, and, and with the males that I do work with and some of the elite athletes, whether it's, uh, PJ player, or whether it's NFL or MLB pitcher, whatever, um, usually there's some kind of underlying digestive issue going on. And that sometimes shows up in blood work. So they might have, you know, ferritin levels that are through the roof, or they might have inflammatory issues that are really, really high, like inflammation markers that are really high. And so for me, that tells me, hey, something else is going on of why those numbers are driven up. Yeah, and I know obviously you, over a year ago I came and saw you, Rob, with some issues that I was having, and we right. did the test and the blood work and everything. And since then, I've I've definitely been it's definitely been better for me. And um, since then, my whole diet now is very much more varied, and I'm so much more conscious of of food that I'm eating. It's uh, it's amazing how just by getting myself assessed and understanding a little bit more about the foods that I'm sensitive to has made a, a big difference to you know how I feel and all the rest of it, really. Right. What's the, um, what about supplements? What should people be thinking about from supplement side of things? Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I always try to, you know, lay down the foundation. Like, you know, when I, I wrote the whole in one nutrition book, obviously it's geared towards our players. Um, and I wanted to really simplify things. So that's why the, the base and foundation of my food pyramid was, was water. And then the middle tier was, was whole food and the top tier were, were supplements. So obviously the supplements are only going to work as well as your foundation of hydration and, and whole foods and a, a varied diet. Um, I would say right now, um, in this day and age, I think, um, if you can help your body modulate stress or handle stress, I think that's one of the, 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 the biggest bang you can get out of supplements and in terms of, you know, stress modulation and, you know, whether it's, you know, obviously you're worried about, you know, COVID or whether you lost your job or there's a death in the family or whatever that is, everybody has a certain amount of stress. It's just how much can you handle, how much can your body tolerate and, 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 uh, work with. Um, and I think one of the biggest supplements that can be helpful for a lot of people is magnesium. Uh, 
you look up magnesium, I mean, you'll get hundreds and hundreds of studies. Um, but the biggest thing that I look at is that the more stress someone has, the more magnesium levels go down. So they show that under, it could be physical stress, like a post-surgical, it could be uh, mental, emotional, you know, you're a student and you're stressed out because, you know, now you got to move back home with your parents and there's not such a good relationship or, you know, you, you've got so many exams going on. Um, it, it could be that. So, and they've shown in, in research study after research study that magnesium levels go down. So especially if you're not getting enough, you know, of your fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds, which hopefully you are, but even then, um, if there's a high amount of stress and the nutrition is, let's say, perfect, I would still most likely have someone use some type of magnesium supplementation. Um, and um, it, it, the, the tricky thing about magnesium is if you go to the doc and you get a blood panel run and they may run magnesium, oftentimes it's in the normal range. So it may not be low uh, because what tends to happen is that the blood is, is a regulatory system, so to speak, that uh, your body is always going to try to keep magnesium in a certain range. And 99% of the magnesium is found outside of the blood. So in your muscles, your ligaments, tendons, skeletal, every other area other than blood. So I, I like to use a magnesium load test to determine if, uh, or the upper limit for someone's magnesium level. So a lot of people have heard of a, like a vitamin C flush or vitamin C uh, loading test. It's a very similar fashion. So it's crude, but it works fairly well. You just keep taking magnesium until uh, your, your bowels get loose. Um, and just to make sure I clarify, it's not like you're gonna have a laxative effect where you take a laxative, you're like, holy cow, and, you know, running, running to the toilet. Um, it, it's just, if you are normally a guy that, you wake up, you have some water, you go to the bathroom, you do, do your business. You're just going to notice that, hey, my diet hasn't changed. I haven't changed anything and my bowels are a little bit loosened. Sometimes if your body reacts, it might get watery. So that could be anywhere from 10 capsules a day or it could be four capsules a day, depending on who that person is. Um, now, saying that there are very numerous types of magnesium, um, I tend to mostly use uh, it's called magnesium uh, glycinate healing. Uh, so if you're, your listeners are going to, you know, look for it, I would choose um, like Designs for Health is a very good company. Um, basically what you're looking for is they use the raw ingredient from Albion Labs and it, it's, it's a chelated form of magnesium and it's highly absorbable. So that's the one I, I, I will tend to recommend for a lot of people to use and, and to load uh, properly. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah, both me and Andy are taking magnesium. It's yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of people using it and using it well. I think so. It's good. Let's um let's let's talk on energy a little bit here. So, how can we? Obviously, it's something we all need, whether we're playing golf or we're training. So, how can we better protect this, and how can we improve our energy? Uh, yeah, it's a really good good question. It's probably one of the most uh you know common complaints people have is a lack of energy. Um. Like I said before, the foundation is 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 water. So, like I have my residual cup of coffee, um, but before this, I, I've already had uh, about a, uh, actually a liter of water, and it's only eight thirty in the morning. Uh, granted, I woke up at five thirty, but um, you can still have your coffee. But you know, I always tell people if you're surviving on coffee rather than thriving on coffee, 
then you have energy issues. Cause obviously if you took away the coffee, you'd be a wreck. Uh, so I just tell people, look, when you wake up in the morning, make sure you drink 25% of your total intake. There you go, Pierce. Hang on, call First thing in the morning. So for example, uh, if you're for every 30 kilos, you drink a liter of water total for the day. So if you weigh 90 kilos, you'll be drinking three liters for the day. So try to drink about 25% of that uh, first thing in the morning. There'll be so many people listen to this now and go, oh my goodness, I don't drink anywhere near enough water. Right, right. And, that, and that's just a base and foundation um, that will help you in a number of different ways um, from energy to, I, I don't know, like you see behind me in my office, this is, um, this is a spine. So for all your players out there, if you want to prevent low back pain, neck pain, thoracic pain, you have the little discs each, you know, between the vertebral bodies. Well, when you sleep and you've consumed the right amount of water, the discs imbibe, and then you wake up about a centimeter to centimeter and a half taller in the morning, but that's only provided you drink enough water. <laughs> so a lot of people, they just, you know, they should be drinking, let's say two and a half liters and they only drink one liter for the day. So if that's the case, well, you're just compromising your spine, obviously all your joints and ligaments and everything, they're all uh, lubricated by synovial fluid, which comes from your water intake. So that is a start. And, you know, just to reiterate, if, if someone's has to drink, you know, or they're, they're half their body weight or uh, uh, one liter per 30 kilos is, you know, three, three liters and they're only drinking half a liter. Well, I don't expect someone to do three liters the next day and, and get there right away. It may take them a week, two weeks to slowly ramp up the water intake. Um, but that hands down, it sounds so simple. And sometimes I'm like, God, Rob, I don't know if that's like too simple, but I've seen it time and time again, people have greater amounts of energy when they drink the right amount of water. Uh, and then what they end up finding is that instead of drinking three, four cups of coffee by noon, they might only drink one to two cups oftentimes. How immediate is the effect of water as well? Because I've definitely done training sessions where I've been, you know, in the middle of the training session and I may have been struggling a little bit and I've gone and just ramped a load of water down me and definitely found a difference. So I'm wondering if that's a psychological difference or is that a physical difference as well? Oh, no, there's, there's the physiological change. I mean, just to give you an example, just in terms of going back to gut health, they've shown with one cup of water. So you're looking at, I think, eight, just eight, eight ounces. Uh, it changes the whole pH of your stomach. Mm. So th there's research. So people that have reflux, you know, they have burning and so forth. They drink, give them one cup of water. And then there's a significant decrease in their reflux rather than taking medication mm. like the purple pill or whatever that they're, they're taking to suppress the acid. So um, it, it can change your physiology quite rapidly. Um, you know, and, and it varies from person to person. You know, some people, they, they notice it within the day. Other people, maybe it takes a week to, to two weeks. So in that regards, the, the results may vary, like, you know, infomercial, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I've seen it happen for sure um, in terms of the water intake. Um, now, the other thing is that um, I want to bring up is that when you do increase your water intake, uh, you do also have to be aware of the electrolytes. So um, I like to keep it really simple. Uh, and obviously, once people start playing because the weather is shifting and so forth, 
um, as you're sweating more, you're losing water, but you're also losing electrolytes. Uh, the main electrolyte is sodium chloride. So uh, you wanna make sure that you're, uh, I, I usually recommend every liter put one pinch of salt. So whatever fits between your thumb and your index finger, just pinch that, dump it in the water, shake it up. Um, and then that way you're replacing the electrolytes. There's no need for expensive, fancy sports drinks or any of those kinds of things. I mean, there's tons of electrolyte products, which are totally fine. But if you want to just get some Celtic sea salt, put it in there, pink Himalayan salt, that'll work just fine too. It's, it's amazing. I think, I think about my parents who, who don't really drink any water throughout the day. Right. They probably have like 10 cups of tea. And then yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh. I'm like, get some water down you, you know, you know, just start drinking. It's amazing. Just something so simple can be so powerful and maybe it's a generational thing and, and things like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy really. No, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 it is very common for, you know, my parents as well. Uh, they'll just drink, you know, watered down coffee or whichever. I mean, granted, I've worked on my parents for a number of years, so they're, okay. they're, they're better for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem like it'll change much, but it, it will for sure. Yeah, has to, doesn't it? Has to. It's interesting yeah. you said there as well, you were talking about coffee as well. How, is there a right amount of coffee? Can too much be bad for you? And you know, what's a good amount to have? Uh, yeah, it, it, it basically what it is, it's a U-curve. So basically what that means, if you just think of a like an upside down U-curve, um, so it, you get the benefits that it, with the increasing amounts, and then you reach kind of a threshold. And if you drink too much, then you start to get side effects and you don't get much of the benefits. So some of the research says anywhere from one to four cups of coffee a day. Um, you know, I, I think I think kind of like the magic number for most people is probably one to two cups. Um, and I think the biggest thing you have to factor in is um, it's just the caffeine amount. Yeah. So for example, like I have um, just a, a, some French press coffee in here. Um, I, I tend, my wife thinks it's like black tar heroin, like the, the, the taste of it because it's so strong. But I like very, very dark, dark roast coffee. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, obviously the caffeine will vary with the type of coffee you consume. So espresso tends to be thought of as a very, very high caffeinated product. It is per ounce, I would say, but roughly if you have a double espresso, you're looking at maybe, I don't know, maybe 75, 80 milligrams of caffeine, possibly maybe hundred. But if you, you know, get like a tall glass of just drip coffee, you're getting about 200, maybe 250 milligrams of caffeine. So that would be, um, I think what you have to be aware of with coffee consumption. And so, um, you know, if there are sleep issues, then you really have to concern about how much coffee someone drinks. Um, but ideally, I would say that you probably want to finish your coffee by around noon for most people. So it doesn't hamper or affect your sleep. Hi, everyone. Andy here. Just letting you know about something that we've created just for you. MeAndMyGolf.com is our membership platform that we believe is the best resource out there to improve your golf. And one of the questions that we get asked all the time is what's the difference between YouTube and the website? And the main difference being is that sometimes people can get lost in content on YouTube and not really having a clear structure or plan of where to go. So we wanted to create something that was, was really going to help golfers. We've got over a thousand 
uh, coaching videos on there, but our main thing or main feature on there are the coaching plans. And we've seen some amazing results from these plans. And these are basically carefully designed plans on all areas of the game so you don't have to think or worry about what to do. We tell you exactly what to practice each week and whether you're looking to break a certain score, fix a slice, improve your putting or short game, we have a plan that will suit you. We're even staggered at some of the results that golfers are getting from these as well and we even have a private Facebook group where all of our members go and share experiences and support each other. Real nice place, positive place to be. And we'd love to see you over there and have the chance to help you with your game. So make sure you head over to meandmygolf.com and check out your free trial with no obligations to join. Check it out and see if you can find a plan and become a part of this amazing community. And everybody's metabolism of, of caffeine is different. So there is that form of it. And, and most people know, like people say, oh, well, should I get genetically tested? And I'm like, you don't need to get genetically tested. I mean, you know who you are because some people, they have half a cup of coffee and they're like, I can't sleep at night. Mm. And then you have another guy who's like, oh, I drink like, you know, two cups of coffee after dinner at 8.30 and I'm in bed at 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, so pretty much that tells you who your fast and your slow metabolizer is. <laughs> Pierce has never had a coffee in his life. So I actually would, I would love to give him a double espresso and just see what happens. <laughs> actually, I have had, I've had coffee once. The only coffee Pierce has had is coffee flavored tequila. <laughs> that was rancid. <laughs> I want to see you have a cup of coffee at some point. Well, when, you, when, you're, when, you're, when you're back here in San Diego, Pierce, I'll take you to my favorite coffee shop. Or actually, just come over to the house and I'll make you a, a strong. I'm going to watch strong you <laughs> still, I think. <laughs> it's an interesting point because. Obviously, I'm not getting any caffeine that way. I mean, is it a good thing to just try and get some caffeine into your system at some point during the day or if you're in a particular... Uh, no, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Like, I mean, you function well without it. I think uh, there's, you know, walking that fine line where, you know, people... Uh, some people like, the, like this, the little boost that they get, right? Like in the morning to be productive and that sort of thing. Uh, but I tell people, look, I get... If you, if you have to survive on it and you need the coffee to function at around two or three, then there's something going on, yeah. um, obviously. Um, but if you, like, I enjoy the taste of coffee. Like, I don't want to put anything in it. So that's why when clients are like, oh, I put this and that and sugar and all these other things. I go, well, how do you like it with black? And they go, well, I don't want to, <laughs> want to drink it. I go, well, there you go. Then you're probably using it for the sweetness <clears throat> with all the other things in it. Or um, you're using it for the, for the energy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, and, and that's the other thing is so caffeine's one of the biggest things, real reasons why people drink it, but there's all the other benefits, the chlorogenic acid and the antioxidants and all the other things that are in coffee. So there are some benefits, but again, it's, it's once you kind of reach that peak of it, which is anywhere from a one to three to four cups, you know, depending on who the person is. Um, but I, you know, like I would say, because obviously I'm of the strength and conditioning background. And one of the things that I would uh, make sure, because we're talking about caffeine, your question is that a lot of people will use pre-workouts and that's very popular these days. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a combination of, you know, essential amino acids or BCAAs. And then there might be like another beetroot powder or whatever, but one of the key ingredients is caffeine. And what's unfortunate is that I all hear a lot of younger guys talk about, oh, that pre-workout's awesome, man. And, you know, I get such a good workout. And he goes, man, <laughs> if, I, if I don't take it, I feel like I don't want to train or I'm depressed. And then they get dependent upon it. Yeah. Uh, and they need it to train, which, 
you really shouldn't have to have that. I mean, if you need a cup of coffee and you, it enhances your workout, great. But if you have to rely on it, then that's not a good thing. I've definitely had a few pre-workouts in America, I think, especially where I've gone, I'm sure that was a good idea drinking that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And things like that. <laughs> I was like, wow, if I don't yeah. train, it actually makes <laughs> you go and train to, to use it because <laughs> you couldn't spend yeah, the whole yeah. time with that. <laughs> and, and, and that brings up one more point is that, you know, especially for a lot of questions I've received from players is, oh, what should I have coffee before I go play? Um, and that's such an individual um, thing with, with each player. Um, even at, especially at the elite level, I, I, I tell a lot of my players, I say, look, if you've consumed coffee or caffeine and that's your routine, stay on it. I don't want you to go to uh, a major and be like, okay, I'm going to, this week, I'm going to come off of coffee. Uh-uh, no, we're not doing that because your body's used to having that source of caffeine. So you want to keep it the same. If you want to, you know, just to see what happens without it, then do it on a two-week break, you know, um, because obviously people can have withdrawal and all sorts of other things. Um, and then the other factor to consider is, you know, like you're a perfect example, um, Pierce, is that, you know, you had a pre-workout and you're probably like, you know, uh, having maybe heart palpitations and things of that sort. And that's probably not a good thing for a player to have, <laughs> you know, to focus, concentrate, to focus on a putt where their hands are shaking because they had too much caffeine. Yeah. Um, so those are the things to consider, you know, if, you know, you, you want to try to use caffeine, like you definitely want to experiment with it first um, before, you know, trying to utilize it on a, on a big tournament day. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. Right, we've got a couple of questions from our uh, Facebook community. Uh, we posted in there and just sort of got their, got their yep. questions in. Um, this is from Adam uh, Mimran. He said, ideal food before, during, and after a round, what would be a good example? Yeah, so I alluded to earlier, uh, you know, egg, an egg omelet, plenty of vegetables if possible. Um, and then uh, you can go with uh, some fruit. Um, I, I have a lot of players um, experiment with that because often I don't want a player to be preoccupied with being hungry. Uh, while they're playing. So if that doesn't suffice, you have a three egg omelet with vegetables and you have some, some fruit with it. Um, and you feel like, God, I feel like I'm starving in two hours. Then at that point, uh, what I would probably do is either add more eggs or maybe a few slices of bacon or add a half avocado just so that there's more fat to, to satiate the person, because that's the biggest difference between golf and let's say playing basketball is that obviously basketball, you're running around like mad. Um, and, and so you probably can't have a lot of fat in your system. Whereas golf, you can experiment with the amount, um, but it'll slow down the digestion process, which we do want, as long as it doesn't compromise your digestive system. So that's where I would go like pre-breakfast or pre-meal. Um, and then during the round, um, I like people to try to maintain the PFF, so protein, fats, and fiber. So... My favorite recommendations, uh, probably some kind of maybe beef jerky, uh, maybe a handful of seed, pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds or nuts or cashews and so forth. Uh, because one, the beef jerky, you're getting protein. You might have a little bit of sugar because most jerkies have that in the recipe, um, but you're getting a decent amount of salt too because I want you to get some of the salt in there because you're probably sweating and losing salt. Um, and then obviously, with the nuts, you're getting some fats and a little bit of fiber, which will keep the blood sugar um, stable. Um, 
Now, some of my players, they feel like, oh, I feel like my energy could be better. So then that's where I would really uh, play around with maybe their carbohydrate intake. So maybe during the round, they need to have a banana or an apple uh, when they have their snack. And, um, and the snacks vary. So like one of the things I did with in, in the book was kind of like a, a chart. So for some people that have never had, you know, some, some players don't, they're just like, I don't eat during the round. I never have. And I struggle with energy. I go, well, okay, if you're that person, then maybe you implement one snack in the front nine and one snack in the back nine, and that's it. Um, whereas on the other spectrum, um, I have other players that they snack three times during the front nine and three times in the back nine, depending on who they are. So, you know, in that regards, it, you have to kind of play around with how many times you snack. Um, but that would be something that, you know, to play around with. Um, or some people just do well with, you know, uh, nut and dry fruit trail mix. And they're like, I'm good with that. I feel like I don't want to chomp on beef jerky for whatever reason. Uh, then that's fine. Um, technically post round, um, it's sort of post exercise. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're going to be doing a cross fit type of workout, right? It's not the same as, as playing golf. So I usually tell people, look, if you, are having a meal after, yeah, you probably expended some energy. So that's when your, your body, you know, you could probably utilize more of a carbohydrate source. So I would still probably go with some type of protein uh, and then maybe, you know, a potato or, or some rice or so forth, or just, you know, uh, a couple pieces of fruit if they want to do that. Um, if they're a player where they're more overweight and they, they need to lose some weight, then I would say, you know what, just probably stick with PFF and probably mix the, 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 the rice or the potatoes. But then if you have like a young junior who's 6'2 and 130 pounds soaking wet, you know, like 60 kilos, and that, that kid needs to load up on food. So, you know, rice and potatoes and chicken and steak and, and veggies would be good for someone like that. Um, so, you know, it's not just a, always this is what the way, way you eat. It also depends on obviously your goal. Uh, and so forth uh, that you want to accomplish. Do, do you have a brand for like a go-to brand for beef jerky? Because whenever we're in the States and we're at the supermarket, you know, oh. sugar underneath and you go, oh, I can't have that one. It looks nice, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a local company, a uh, friend of mine, uh, Thad Benchuf, He it's called Homegrown Meats. So they, they have a butcher shop in La Jolla, but they also, he started this uh, Homegrown Meats uh, beef jerky. So they have a, a paleo one, they've got a carne asada, they got a black pepper, they have um, all kinds of other different flavors. But I know because I've visited him and um, they are very, very adamant, the type of beef that they get and, and the, the kind of, like they have gluten-free soy sauce and all that kind of stuff. So I know that their product is, is a very good product. Nice. Do they deliver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, we've got to go and get it. Oh, we've got to go and get it. We'll, fly, right. we'll, we'll go fly out there. Don't worry about that. We'll go and get some beef. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the trip. Okay. Um, question from this one's from Julian Capita. For the mature golfer, how can we reduce the risk of injury and maintain swing speed? Ah, uh, it's a very good question. It's sort of a loaded question. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I would say, um, Obviously, from a nutrition side, you want to try to keep your body and uh, prevent it from going in a pro-inflammatory state. So um, what I mean is that 
if you do have any current injury and so forth, then you want to try to eat um, anti-inflammatory foods. So obviously PFF, protein, fats, and fiber, because if you can keep your blood sugar stable, that'll keep your body in a um, more of an anti-inflammatory state rather than pushing inflammation by eating too much sugar, processed foods, that sort of thing. Um, from the physical side, uh, I think one of the biggest things um, for injury prevention is making sure that there, you minimize the imbalances. So um, posture is one of the biggest things that people, that players can really focus on. So if I turn from the side and, you know, I'm constantly working like this all the time, and then I go out and, and, and try to play, obviously that that's not conducive to preventing injuries because now my posture alignment is not very good. I have forward head posture, increase in C curve and so forth, um, which only predisposes you to, to injury. So, you know, if, if you're someone who is a recreational golfer and you sit at a desk job, then oftentimes their exercise program may just be posture. Um, Cause if they do power training, like some of the things I do with some of my athletes, um, the prerequisite is before we even get there, we have to make sure they're posture aligned. Otherwise we're going to hurt them. Uh, so the same thing goes uh, for preventing injuries over the long haul. So that would probably be the first thing I would probably look at is someone's posture. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, right, and one more question from the group is, if I'm running late for a tea time, <laughs> this is most golfers, I think, if yeah. I'm running late for a tea time and only have a few minutes, what are the best stretches um, to warm up Marcus Montgomery? Uh, yeah, I, I mean... Because you're running late, I would probably say um, probably like a, a, a deep squat reach back. So basically you're, you're in a deep squat and then you're just basically reaching back um, because when you're in that position, you're in a deep squat, you're sort of warming up the ankles, knees, the hips. Um, and then obviously as you're reaching back, you're trying to help induce some, some rotation into the, the T-spine. Yeah. Um, then you're also... Uh, warming up the, the lumbar because it's sort of isometrically holding you there. So that would probably be the first thing that comes to mind if you're just running out there and you're, you know, you got two minutes before you're going to tee off. The, re the real answer is get there earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That would be the better answer. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Let's get into some quick fire ones. We've got some, uh, yeah, these ones don't generally go that quick, but we'll have a go. <laughs> so <laughs> Who is the best athlete you have trained? Best athlete? Apart from us. Apart from us. <laughs> well, you guys are on the top of the list. Um, can't top you guys. Uh, uh, Not necessarily. Well, I, mean, I, I would say like uh, Drew Brees, he's, he's probably one of the hardest working athletes um, and, and obviously very talented as well. Very smart. Because he's someone who is, uh, yeah, who's had a prolonged career, and you know, the, I suppose when he came to the party of being a an NFL quarterback, you know, physically, you know, he's not the same as some of the other guys, you know. So he oh yeah, work harder, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, what would you change about golf, if anything? Uh, I don't think I would change anything about golf, really. A good answer. <laughs> I think it's a good answer. No, I mean, quick, yeah, the first thought, I wouldn't change anything. I think, you know, 
with where it's at, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, I think it's in a decent place at the moment. So what's the worst advice you consistently hear? Ah, hmm. uh, oh, just in the context of, of, of players? Yeah, yeah, or in your nutrition or in training, you know, something that you hear. Oh, oh, that, that everybody needs to eat one way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, it could be, okay, you have to eat vegan. Everybody has to eat vegan or it's, okay, everybody has to eat carnivore. You know, like there's something in between um, for people. I mean, even like I, the, 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 whole, the whole PFF when I wrote the book is the whole reason for that concept was um, just a principle so that it was easy for someone to remember, right? Like your BFF for blood control is PFF, protein, fats, and fiber. Well, um, now people, you know, on social media, they're like, oh, your PFF diet. I'm like, well, you can think of it as a diet, but I'm just saying it's a principle to follow because ideally, most of the time you want to stabilize blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the key factor for health as well as performance. Um, so if you deter from that, then that's fine. But the majority of the time you want to try to stabilize your blood sugar. And then obviously, like for Andy, we talked about, okay, like maybe pre and post-workout, let's let's load up on the carbohydrates because, you know, like you could essentially as many carbs as you want, you probably wouldn't gain too much weight. Like, like your, that's just your, your metabolism, your genetics. Whereas someone else, maybe they're on the side of where they're more of an endomorph, meaning that they tend to look at a, you know, carbohydrate they put on a weight, you know, that sort of person, then yeah, we might need to be conscious of that. And then, you know, really focus more on PFF. Whereas, you know, my two boys, they're 16 and 18. So like, you know, they're eating everything in our kitchen, which drives my wife nuts, but you know, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, One tip to improve listeners health other than what you already mentioned, because you mentioned some great stuff. So is a one more tip? Uh, One more tip. Uh, Yeah, I would, I would say, uh, why did I mention sleep? I did mention sleep. Um, But yeah, I would say that that would be a huge factor because more and more as, as the stones are sort of turned over in regards to sleep and how it affects someone's physiology. Um, that's something that really needs to be emphasized as much as possible because, um, you know, we have all our devices and everything else. And so you can literally be watching or doing something. Uh, and I think that would make a, a, a big difference if we really start to focus on, on sleep. Yeah, there's a big shift, isn't there now? I think to that this is a, it's a very common thing now that people are talking about. So yeah, yeah. Um, and one more that you're probably going to tell me to get Ooh, lost this on. Is, this is, I've just seen you put this one in. This uh, is this is this one in as we were going to. I'm not going to want to answer this, but you have to answer it. <laughs> or bad breakfast. Oh, what? what I, so you, I, I missed. Yeah, sorry. No breakfast or bad breakfast. Oh, no breakfast. Yeah. Oh, it, easily. By like a country mile or? Yeah, because when you say that, it makes me think. Um, now, granted, obviously, like intermittent fasting and those are all important concepts. Um, so I, obviously, if I, if I had my choice, I'd say it depends. But I'm going to say okay. no breakfast because there is, you know, for example, I, I forgot who told me this, but it was in a lecture and someone, they were lecturing on something and they, they were saying how, um, when they gave, I think it was cows, like some kind of processed food, 
versus no food, the processed food literally like screwed them up really, really badly. And I forgot what the parameters were with it was they're checking blood or whatever, but the no, no food wasn't an issue, but it was actually putting in the bad stuff that was more of a, of a problem. Um, you know, like right now, I mean, I've, I've been playing around with intermittent fasting since 2010. Um, when, when I first, um, learned about it from John Berardi and, and so I've been experimenting with it. And the, I mean, I think this is maybe, yeah, this is the second week that I've been back to intermittent fasting in the mornings. Um, just because, uh, I'm just trying to get some projects done first thing in the morning. So I didn't want to be bothered with, with eating and so forth. First thing. Um, I'm, and I'm not like, I'm, I still train four days a week, uh, every, every, every week. Um, so that's just part of who I am, my lifestyle. Um, but I'm not like massively trying to, you know, increase my strength or put on muscle or anything like that sort of maintenance, maybe lean up a little bit, but, um, but it, you know, it, it, uh, it obviously it, it kind of depends on the person too. So if they, if their blood sugar is all over the place all the time, then I wouldn't recommend that they would skip breakfast. Um, I would say eat the breakfast. Um, and, and obviously with my book, people are going to go, well, you're contradicting yourself because you said breakfast is the most important meal of the day for yes, majority of the people, like 78% of people, they've got to do it because otherwise they're just ruined the rest of the day. They're, they can't stabilize their blood sugar or their cortisol rhythm is all out of whack. Um, but there it's, it's, and simply in my opinion, it's a tool, you know, intermittent fasting is a tool. If you want to do a ketogenic diet, it's a tool. Um, it really depends on who you are, your physiology, and obviously what your sport is too. So in general, obviously you, we all know with golf, especially at the elite level, or even a collegiate player, high school player, they don't know their tee times all the time. They're all over the place. So mm -hmm. with intermittent fasting, the scheduling is so important because you have to fast for 16 hours and then you have to refeed eight hours. Well, if a, if a player tees off at eight and it ends at noon, great, but he doesn't always have that tea time every single morning. So for, for like an elite player to, to use intermittent fasting, it may not work so well. Their, their blood sugar may be all over the place. One day they fast for 16 hours and the other day they have to fast for 20 hours and then they overeat at night and then it, it's too much. So uh, lot, lots of factors to consider. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I think again, the answer was good breakfast. <laughs> there you go. That's that's a smart answer. A good breakfast. I wouldn't let, let you use that as an answer. <laughs> uh, brilliant, Rob, Rob. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great. There's always loads that we can learn. I know one thing I've learned from today. I need to have a break off some um, magnesium. I think so. Uh, just from listening to what you said, I'm like I've been taking magnesium for a while, and I'm like right. I probably need to have a little bit of a break off it. So that's something that I've learned from that. Um, where can the guys find out more about you? And obviously you've got your book. We'll put the, we'll put the link to your book in the yeah. show notes underneath here. Um, but where can they go and find out more about you, Rob? Uh, yeah. So my website is robertyang.net. Um, if you put robertyang.com, you're going to get a, I think an actor or comedian. So just so you know, <laughs> I, I don't have a side business of being a comedian or actor. Um, so it's robertyang.net. They can contact me through their consoles and so forth. Uh, obviously, social media, Robert Yang, Instagram, and I believe my Twitter, Facebook is Robert Yang Inc. Inc. So if you guys have any questions or you guys want to find out anything about me, uh, that's kind of where I am on the web. Um, but other than that, um, those are all my contact points. Right. And you can also find Rob on our website as well, doing some great videos. Oh, so there's been some absolutely. good stuff in the last year, which has been 
really beneficial to our members. So thank you for that, Rob. And make sure you guys get the book. We will put the link down in the description. I think if you're interested in making your lives healthier and better, then um, there's just so much great stuff in there from Rob. And he's, uh, yeah, he's a wealth of knowledge. So thanks again, Rob, Rob for your time. And um, we'll look forward to getting over there and seeing you soon. Yeah. I'm going to drag you over here, pull you in the water. <laughs> I'll guarantee on that coffee yet, Rob. We'll have a think about that. <laughs> Tequila. All right. Tequila. Cheers, Rob. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you found some great value in it. And if you did, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Also, let us know your feedback by leaving us a rating or review over on iTunes. And remember, if you want to go deeper and really improve your game, head over to meandmygolf.com and start your free trial and check out one of the many plans that are seeing incredible results. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to speaking to you next week.